0: on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest to bring you guys today. Fox News Channel's chief White House correspondent, John Roberts, joins me on the podcast. I had the pleasure of meeting John, speaking with him several times while I was down there at the White House. John began his career as a co-host on the music news magazine, The New Music, on City TV. Prior to joining Fox News, Roberts was at CNN, where he was an anchor and senior national correspondent. Back in 2003, Roberts was embedded with the U.S. Marines during the initial invasion of Iraq. John has had quite an impressive career, and his wife is an award-winning journalist, Kira Phillips, who works now at ABC after she had an extensive career at CNN. So it's interesting to hear uh, how the couple handles their political talk once the cameras are off. I asked John about that and so much more coming up. I really had a pleasure speaking with him several times down there at the White House. I've been trying hard to get him on the podcast ever since. I'm honored to have him with me today. John Roberts will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with John Roberts was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel, so if you would like to watch the conversation between the Chief White House Correspondent and myself, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Okay, and make sure you lock it in for tomorrow's episode. The 70th Secretary of State Mike Pompeo will be joining me here. What a big honor that's going to be. I worked extremely hard to score that interview, so I hope you guys will tune in and check it out. And I'm still working on a surprise guest for a Father's Day special here. So follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who that may be. All right. And dads, listen, the beaches are opening nationwide here. The summer is upon us. If you're looking to trim down that chest hair that's probably been growing out of control since the COVID lockdown started and you got to reveal that dad bod on the beach, visit manscaped.com. I've teamed up with Manscaped once again. First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off plus free shipping using my promo code FATHER. All right, they have the -the state-of-the-art waterproof trimmer, the lawnmower 3.0, so go check it out. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Fox News Channel's Chief White House Correspondent, John Roberts. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, Dads, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Bottle Breacher. Bottle Breacher was founded by former Navy SEAL and former guest on First Class Fatherhood, Eli Crane. Bottle Breacher provides handcrafted 50 caliber bottle openers made by active duty service members and veterans. The staff at Bottle Breacher used to use 50 caliber ammunition to defend our country downrange. Now they use them to provide the best man gifts, groomsmen gifts, and promotional products on the market. Open your next cold one in style, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% off their entire order by using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit BottleBreacher.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout to save 20% off your order. Believe me, once you see them, you're going to want to get one, and once you use it, you're never going to want to open another bottle without it. Go to BottleBreacher.com and use that promo code FATHERHOOD to save 20% off your order and open your next cold one in style. Joining me now, first-class father, John Roberts. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know
1: about first class, but I try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, do, right, I do the best I can. And
0: yeah, That's what we're all doing out here. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they?
1: I've got a total of four. I've got uh, two from my first marriage. They're 33, and uh, they'll be, uh, she'll be 29 this year. And uh, then I've got two nine-year-old twins. So, you know, kind of run the gamut. I, I, I did it uh, back in the, in the 80s and 90s, and now I'm doing it all over again in the 2010s. Wow, yeah,
0: two totally different times of parenting, for sure. Uh, yeah. what, what, for, for the twins, did you guys find out? Did you do like a gender reveal? How early in the process did you find out you were having twins and what the sexes were?
1: Well, they're science babies, so we found out right away uh, what they were. You know, we, uh, we went through a fertility program. We tried a number of times, and finally, on that was pretty much our last go-around. Uh, we decided to roll the dice. We implanted five embryos. Uh, we initially had triplets, but one of them didn't make it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that, you know, it's it's a shame because the kids always wonder about baby C, but having having brought up twins, uh, I can't imagine bringing up triplets. Uh, but uh, we knew that one was a girl and one was a boy uh, based on, you know, blood testing that we had to do and, and all of that, amniocentesis to to, you know, rule out any kind of birth defects because we were both older parents. So we knew right away we were getting a boy and a girl. So we you know, kind of hit the jackpot right off the top.
0: Yeah, very cool. Hey, John, if you could, please just take a second here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Uh, I'm the chief White House correspondent for the Fox News Channel. Uh, I've been doing this job since Trump uh, became president on January the 20th, 2017. Prior to that, I was working out of our Atlanta Bureau uh for five years i was at cnn for those years i was the uh, host of american morning and uh, then i was at cbs news for 14 years before that where i was the chief white house correspondent and uh anchored the sunday evening news on cbs so in a number of places you know seen a number of things been a few places it's been an interesting career
0: Yeah, CNN to Fox News, it's kind of like playing for the Giants and then playing for the Cowboys, I guess. Um, Two totally different entities there. Or or
1: like playing for the Mets and then playing for the Yankees, you know. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot lot of different – or the Red Sox and then the Yankees, you know. There's a number of different comparisons you can make.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so then, John, about how old were you then when you very first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I
1: was, I was 28 years old when I first became a dad. And uh, the prospect of it initially was was terrifying. I, I thought, oh, my God, I'm still a kid myself. I've got so much of my career to go. Am I ready to be a father? But then, you know, right out of the box, sort of the joys of, of fatherhood uh, hit you right away. And it's, it's you know, I had two great kids uh, the first go around. And then the second time around, when uh, I met uh, Kira Phillips, uh, we both met at CNN, actually. Uh, we, we, we developed our relationship after we had anchored the morning show together. So there was definitely some chemistry there. One of the things she said was, you know, I'm uh, getting to, up toward 40 years old. I don't have any kids yet. Uh, if we're going to be in this relationship, I want to have children. So you got to make a decision on whether or not you want to be a dad again. And I was like, all in. Let's go for it. And because uh, they had a little snip snip uh, back in the 1990s, we had to do it through fertility. But one of my best friends happens to be the head of the fertility center at uh, NYU Medical Center, Dr. Jamie Griffo, uh, with whom a number of people will be familiar. And uh, we just dove into the whole process. And uh, now one of my other great friends is a doctor named Andy Toledo, who is the head of reproductive biology associates in Atlanta, Georgia, who saw us through the pregnancy. And we're actually going away to Oregon with uh, with Andy and his wife and their two kids. Uh, they've got two science babies as well. So <laughs> you know, We're getting together the test tubes and we're going off on vacation.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. and You know what? I'm the result of, uh, you know, parents having kids later in life. My father was 50 years old when he had me and he had kids, you know, that were in their 20s when I was born. So it was like a different style of his parenting as well that I grew up with than my older brothers and sisters did. What is like the major differences of you as a dad, this go around as opposed to the first time?
1: Uh, I think I'm much more mature. I'm much more focused on the kids upbringing and particularly their education. You know, one of the things that I really worry about now is the education that the kids are getting and want make, make sure that they have a real shot at getting into a good college and make sure that they are serious about pursuing a career I think, you know, I kind of ignored that a little bit the first go around because I was still really developing my career at CBS at the time. Uh, and I was actually I mean, I I moved. I was in Canada when we had our first child and then I moved to Miami and then moved back to Canada and then to New York for CBS. So I was really right in the high because I was in my 30s uh, developing my career and I wasn't home a whole lot. So one of the things I make sure that I I do other than being on election campaigns, as there was in 2016, and will be again as of this Saturday when we go to Tulsa, is spend as much time as I can with the kids to kind of nurture their development. I don't want to say I was an absent dad the first time around, but I could have been around a lot more than I was. And I think that has an impact on how the how the kids uh, grow up. They, I think they need to have a very strong role models in their lives. And uh, I try to be as strong role model as I can. And I know that my wife, Kira, uh, is a very strong role model as well. You know, she's, she's very, very strict with the kids in terms of, you know, screen time on devices. You only get to watch a movie or television as a reward. You know, so many times we go out to dinner and we see these families sitting around the dinner table and the kids are like this on their devices. We don't let our kids do that. We want our kids engaged in conversation. We want them engaged in intellectual pursuits. So I think that's one of the biggest differences this time around for me.
0: Yeah, and that's a struggle for all of us, John. The technology, especially since the quarantine thing happened, where it's where we normally, especially for me, I have four kids myself, so. We were doing our best to keep them off the technology. And then the quarantine happened. And now we're telling them, hey, get on that technology so you can talk to your teacher. And you could we you were doing all this virtual schooling. So that's made it a little bit more complicated as we've gone on here. But certainly, uh, everybody's in the same boat with this technology today.
1: Yeah, you know, we're trying to take advantage of that to say, though, if you're going to use technology, do it responsibly and use it to watch something that is going to educate you. And I think we turned the corner a bit with the kids. You know, our, our, our kids have a we Downstairs, but we didn't want to get them one of the type of video games where they just sit there like this and do it. At least the Wii, you get up and you move around. They play tennis, they play ping pong, you know. They go water skiing, play golf, whatever. At least there's some physical activity to it. Uh, and in terms of you know screen time on laptops or iPads or or whatever, we always encourage them to watch something that will teach them something. Now it could be a YouTube video, but if you're going to watch a YouTube video, watch a YouTube video on how to wakeboard. Because we're teaching the kids how to wakeboard or how to throw a lacrosse ball because our, kid, you know, our, our kids both play lacrosse or, or how, to, how to shoot a soccer ball more effectively. As, as opposed to just you know, watching crap that's going to rot your mind, watch something that will actually teach you. So I think we've been able to take this distance learning idea and turn it to our advantage by saying, if you're going to use a device, do it on something that will enrich your mind.
0: Yeah, well said, John. And it's amazing the amount of things that are available for you to learn just on, on YouTube alone. Uh, especially during know during the, the coronavirus, a lot of people became hairstylists and barbers during this whole thing. So <laughs> people have been using that to kind of figure out how to cut hair and uh, and all that other stuff. So it's it's amazing what you can learn on there.
1: You know, any and, any 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 I have a project at home that I can't figure out, and, and here's an interesting example. My mother-in-law had an old 2006 BMW convertible, and it developed a link in the uh, expansion tank for the coolant system. And I'm like, I, I don't want to spend $600 to replace this because I can go buy one of these tanks it's for $60 at advanced auto parts. But how would I put it in? So I just looked it up online, and there's a YouTube video on how to put an expansion tank in a 2006 BMW 325 CI. So a couple hours later, I had it done. You know, I've, yeah. I've always liked to work with my hands, and YouTube is now like a university of, of do-it-yourself. It's, it's absolutely remarkable.
0: Yeah, it is incredible, John. And, and back to you as a dad here, what, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? And Is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? All right, dads, are you prepared to unveil your summer bond? Manscaped is here to ensure that your post-quarantine body is ready to make its shirtless debut. Don't be that guy on the beach with a bushy Chewbacca chest that's out of control, and chances are that Austin Powers sweater vest look isn't going to be your ticket to Ladyland this summer. Trim that bear rug down to size with Manscaped's third-generation waterproof cordless body trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0. It is the best trimmer on the market for those in need of a chest shave. Don't take a chance giving yourself an accidental nipple piercing using a traditional razor. This third-generation trimmer features skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners are getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code FATHER at manscaped.com. Did you hear that? That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code FATHER. And you can start trimming that nest on your chest today. And back to you as a dad here, what, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? and Is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with?
1: Uh, no, it's very similar, actually, to the discipline style that I grew up with, except my mom used to spank me a lot. And uh, certainly we don't spank our kids. But, you know, and, and, and my wife, Kira Phillips, as well, really is, is signed onto this idea that we, we don't let our kids get away with much at all. You know, we really hold them to account. We want, we want them to be grateful. We want them to be respectful. We want them to be appreciative of you know, the lifestyle that they live and, and to not take anything for granted. We're trying to bring up our kids so that they're not spoiled and that they have accountability for their actions and that they think about things before they, they do them. I mean, we're, we're pretty strict with them. And uh, I think that's an important thing to do. You know, our kids are a little bit free range, you know, we'll let them go around the neighborhood with their kids. We don't try to helicopter parent them. But at the same time, we don't let them get away with anything either. And if they do something, if they get out of line on something and they do something they're not supposed to, uh, there are consequences for their actions.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why it's so important, John. I talk about on my podcast a lot the uh, the fatherless crisis that we're seeing in our country with all the kids mm-hmm. that are growing up without a father or father figure in their life. And we're just kind of seeing that right now. Uh, the result of kids not having that discipline or that, that parenting authority figure in their life. And it leads to some devastating results in our society, I believe.
1: You know, and, and I grew up without a father, too. My father died when I was five years old. Uh, he had had a congenital problem with uh, his aorta. and There was a narrowing of the aorta. So he had very high blood pressure in his upper body and, and blew out an aneurysm one day and, and died from the subsequent surgery. So I grew up without a dad. And I think it had a profound effect on me as well, because I was I was lost for a number of years. My schooling went down. I always did really well at school Uh, and it didn't affect me initially. uh, But, you know, sort of as I got older, I didn't really have a role model to lean on for how to behave and, you know, how to do things properly. Uh, And and I think that that really affected my discipline. It affected my sense of self-esteem. It affected my my goals and my sort of, you know, my my drive until I got into sort of my mid to late teens when I kind of figured that out for myself. Uh, and that was when I discovered I was going to be a doctor at first, but then I discovered broadcasting and I really got bitten by the bug and, and loved it. But I I'll tell you, you know, for 10, 12 years of my life, I really missed having a father figure, which is why I try to spend as much time with my kids as possible imparting to them the things that I didn't have when I was a kid. And a lot of that too, is just, you know, reinforcing with your child that you can do it. You know, you can take responsibility for yourself. Yeah. Things are hard because kids innately don't want to do things that are hard, but if you work at it, you'll become good at it. And suddenly you really enjoy it. So, you know, you got to get them past that learning curve. I didn't have that push and my mother Uh, God bless her because she was still trying to raise three of us was working, you know, 12, 14 hours a day. So she wasn't around a whole lot when I was a kid. So I was left to kind of figure it out for myself. And I made a lot of mistakes that I probably wouldn't have made if I had a father.
0: Yeah, uh, good stuff, John. And it is, it, you know what? Parenting—it's—it's it's so brand new to all of us. I lost both of my parents before I became a father, and it's one of those things like oh, I call shit. it like pa- parenting without uh, parents. So it's like you don't have that. And my my wife's parents were divorced, and they're not involved in her life. So it was kind of like just me and my wife on our wow. own, kind of trying to figure this out. And but it it, it I think in some ways. I mean, this is, it could be a double-edged sword because there was no in-laws to deal with as well. So it's like <laughs> it takes that out of the equation, which could be helpful. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of like it's hard to look at it uh, to see. You know, we tried to look at it for the benefits of it. And It's an on-the-job training thing uh, for sure for everybody. Um, and, you know, what I wanted to ask you about, John, is I know that you did some you were embedded with uh, the troops overseas. And I was did some reporting from my ra- Now, I'm trying to do the math. I would imagine that you were at that. Da- what was that experience like for you? You were a father at the time you were doing that. What, what was that experience like for you?
1: Oh yeah, I was. Let's see, I would have been uh, would have been like 37 years old when no, oh, sorry. No, 47 years old when the Iraq War hit. I wish it was 37 years old. <laughs> and and I mean, you know, the kids were worried about me going over there. And there was one point where none of us thought we were coming back because We heard all these reports that as soon as we crossed the border between Kuwait and Iraq, we were going to get hit with chemical weapons. And nobody knew what the effect of that was going to be. I mean, in in the end, it turned out to be a lot less dangerous at that time than we anticipated it it would be. Sadly, some of my colleagues, uh, including David Bloom, uh, died while they were over there. So, you know, there was there was tragedy. But for the for the most part, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But, you know, the family was back home. Uh, worried about it. But again, that was back in the, in the day when I was really you know, building my career and, and, and didn't really think too much about the consequences of taking on dangerous assignments. Now, if I were, were tasked now to, to go do the same thing, I might think twice about it because uh, you know I'm an older dad and I don't know how much time I've got with my kids. So I want to make sure that every moment counts. And, and again, having that background of growing up without a father, I want to make sure that my kids have a dad as long as possible.
0: Yeah, well said. And I know that right now it just seems like we're, we have just like a political, the whole political scene in our country is completely toxic right now. And, and it seems, you know, obviously you're with Fox News, your wife with, uh, with ABC now. I believe, ABC, right? yeah. Uh, so it, do you guys make it like a rule? Like, hey, no politics at home. How, did, how, does that, how does that all work with you guys?
1: No, we're always talking politics. I mean, we're always <laughs> talking politics. We're talking journalism. You know, we, 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 we try to help each other out and make each other better. So, you know, we, we don't talk about specifics of what we're doing, particularly if it's an exclusive type of thing. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about, well, what's your approach to this and how do you approach that? What do you think about what Trump is doing? What do you think about Biden is doing? What do you think about what's going on on Capitol Hill? You know, we, we go to a lot of well, we did go to a lot of events in, in D.C. together that were of a political nature. Uh, we went to a lot of roundtables. Uh, my wife and I host a lot of events for the Institute for Education, because our, our good friend is the, the head of that organization. And and so there's a lot of politics that we talk about. It's not like we leave work at home, you know, work comes home with us, but we do it in such a way that we help to engage our kids with it. They're always asking us questions about what we're doing. So. You know, it, it really creates a, a rich environment uh, for the family to have broad and open discussion. And everybody's free to say what they feel about things without being judged, which I think is very important.
0: Man, I, I really wish that was the theme of the country right now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? That. Oh, it yeah. would be. And, and I know right now it's going to be a busy time for both of you with an election year running up until November here. What kind of uh, how long do you see yourself doing this for, John? What kind of plans or goals do you have for yourself in the future here?
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure that uh, I'm going to be doing this uh, here at the White House uh, for a number of years to come. And uh, we'll see what happens after that. Uh, you know, I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm, I'm I'm at some point, you know, looking for an exit ramp. Not right now, uh, but at some point in, my, in the not too distant future, I'll be looking for an exit ramp so I can, you know, try to focus a little more attention on trying to hit a little white ball around a golf course <laughs> and do some other things and spend, you know, some more time with the kids because, you know, they're only going to be little kids uh, for so long. I imagine by the time I hang it up, they'll probably be teenagers. But by that time, they'll be really good wakeboarders, you know, so (laughs) I could take them to competitions and things like that.
0: Sounds good. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, John, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be-father who's out there listening?
1: Well, first of all, I would say uh, never let a day go by where you don't tell your kids that you love them, first of all. Always make sure that you embrace your kids. Always make sure that you listen to their concerns. But also, you, you know, there needs to be tough love because kids inherently will try to get away with whatever they can. And they'll they'll try to take, for the most part, I think, the easy way out. They don't like to do things that are hard when they're young. They, they like to just kind of skate. So encourage your kids to work hard at things. Uh, Reinforce that they can be anything that they want to be and if they say something like, you know, I can't do this It's too hard. Just encourage them to work on it because while it may be hard now Eventually, it's going to be easy and then when you get to that point You'll have a real sense of accomplishment that you've done something that you thought that you never could do But it's you know aim aim high get them to set goals push them to excel you know, don't drive them to the point where you're going to turn them into, you know, stressed out uh, people who can't move, but really encourage them to always be better. I tell my kids, and this is something I got from Wolf Blitzer uh, long ago when when I worked for for CNN, and that is, you know, learn something new every day. Go to bed smarter than when you woke up. So that's the advice that I would give to dads. Really just encourage your kids to learn, get out there in the world, be bold, don't let them get away with saying, I can't do it. Push them to do things that are outside of their comfort zone, because that's the way kids really excel. Because the the one problem that we're having these days is when I grew up, when my wife grew up, probably when you grew up, we didn't have people doing everything for us every day. You know, this idea of helicopter parenting to a large degree has become toxic because we're doing everything for our kids and we're not requiring them to do anything. So when I was a kid, nobody was doing anything for me. And if I wanted something, I had to get out there and I had to do it myself. You know, we need to re-instill those values and those virtues in our children.
0: Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, John Roberts, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much (laughs) for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood.
1: All right. Good to talk to you.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to John Roberts for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in for tomorrow. I got a very special guest joining me on the podcast, the Secretary of State. Mike Pompeo joins me on the show. And locking into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, because I will be making some awesome guest announcements. I'm going to make them there first. Uh, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.